Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Lauren Conlon, and welcome to another episode of Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? So... Last week, we were a little bit down and out over the Franklin police and FBI situation. And the situation meaning that the Franklin police basically told the FBI to move on after they paid a visit to Angie and Gracie. They basically said, oh, no, nothing to see here. We've already covered this. This, this is good. They're, they're all good. So that was pretty frustrating and, and pretty sad for us. And I don't have an update on that. Um, I don't know if the FBI is still involved. But when I do have an update, I will share it with everyone. But I do have some really, really great news. It's kind of a break in the case. I guess it could be considered, yeah, a break. But the Cup of Justice podcast 
hosted by Eric Bland, Mandy Matney, and Liz Farrell, covered Grant's case on the June 27th episode. This podcast is huge. This is the team behind the Murdoch Murders podcast. Mandy Matney started the podcast after news broke about Paul and Maggie Murdoch getting murdered in South Carolina. And then Eric Bland of Bland Richter was the Smith family attorney, or I should say is the Smith family attorney. And just to refresh everyone's memory, Stephen Smith was a classmate of the eldest Murdoch son, Buster, who died mysteriously. Um, Stephen's cause of death was initially ruled a hit and run, but that was believed to be a cover-up. And Stephen Smith's mother wrote a letter to the FBI saying that she thought the Murdochs were involved, and she had all this information to back it up. It really reminds me of Angie. Um, but we've said from the start, Grant's case kind of gives us the same vibes. People in power attempting to cover things up, cause of death not matching the body. So yeah, it's, it's eerily very similar. Anyway, Mandy actually retweeted me and Angie and some of the other Justice for Grant people. It just made us so happy. And in another one of her tweets, or maybe it was two of them, she wrote something along the lines of like, oh, we're just getting started with this case. So that made us so happy. And we're going to try and contact Eric Bland's office to see if we can get him to represent, represent Angie and Gracie because... How huge would that be? I mean, he is a pit bull. So stay tuned. It just, it feels so wonderful to have someone like Mandy Matney, an amazing investigative journalist who's also proven take an interest in this. And then, you know, someone like Eric Bland, who is known for just getting things done. I mean, I'm, I'm beside myself, but I also don't want to get my hopes up, but I'm not sure if it's too late. Anyway, let's get back to the case. So someone emailed me last week reminding me that in the state of Tennessee, everyone is a mandated reporter of sexual abuse. So you can get arrested and go to jail if you are told about abuse and do not report it. So I'm wondering, how are these women feeling from Grace Christian Academy? We played an audio last week of them discussing how to keep Gracie from talking about it to her classmates and to whoever else. And when I say talking about it, I mean asking her classmates what's going on because she's so young and confused. She has no idea what essay even is. So, oh, and the fact that these women also silenced her friend from telling her parents or or anyone about Gracie in general. Oh, that's so bad. It makes my blood boil. And then if you go back to another episode, um, I read how GCA claimed that they did report the abuse with Angie to Jeff Long, the highway patrol Jeff Long guy. Um, he, uh, he, he passed it along to another detective, but I'm just reminding you that they reported that Aaron was a groomer sliding into a high school senior's DMs, not Gracie's abuse. Now, I know that with all these episodes, there has been a lot of information to unpack and, and we've just thrown it all at you between Grant's accident, um, or in lack of investigation and, you know, the fact that nothing matches between his body and the medical reports and Aaron's story changed a million times and all the people involved. And then the entire freedom for Gracie movement with the alleged sexual abuse and then all of the men and women in between covering it up. It's, it's a lot. You guys are probably very confused as I just recap that. You're probably like, wait, what? But yeah, no, you've heard it all. Now, the question that we've all been asking is just why? Why do they care so much about protecting Aaron Solomon? I mean, 
What does he know? Did Grant know something? We just, we don't know. And that's what we keep asking ourselves. There's also a new Instagram handle that I wanted to share with everyone. It's called GCA and GC Survivors. So you can go follow that um, if you'd like. And that stands for Grace Christian Academy and Grace Chapel Survivors. And this Instagram handle is meant to be a safe place for any victim or survivor that experienced any kind of trauma while being a part of those communities. And from what I understand, there are a lot of people with a lot of information and stories about that place. And just a reminder, Steve Berger was the former pastor at GC and founded GCA. And Grant allegedly told him about he and Gracie's abuse at the hands of Aaron. And Steve Berger still to this day denies that Grant said anything about the abuse to him and that he just wanted to talk about his faith. And Angie mentioned to me a few times, and and as did others, that the one thing Grant was very, very solid with was his faith. So I can't say I do believe he wanted to sit down with Berger. And also who, from what I understand from interviewing members of Grace Chapel and, and GCA staff, was very unapproachable. He wasn't super friendly. So, you know, you can make your own decision on that. But, you know, I also want to add that I grew up in a Baptist church, but it was in New England. So Baptists were pretty rare. And my mom is from the South, which is why we were raised in a Baptist church. And, you know, I loved it and I loved everyone and I had a great experience and, and I still do. I attended Baptist church in New York City, but Man, I was so naive um, to what goes on at some of these churches. And, you know, I was naive because I, I always just thought the essay and that type of corruption was just, you know, Catholic priests and, and Catholic church. I just sort of pushed it aside thinking, oh, no, it doesn't happen here. But I've now woken all the way up to know it can happen anywhere at any church. So um, everybody, you know, stay vigilant. Let's pivot to today's guest. And I have retired FBI DOJ agent Ken Strange, who just wrote a book called A Cop's Son, One Man's Fight Against Jihad, Global Fraud, and the Cartels. So I had Ken look at Grant's case, and he was just baffled. I mean, you know, we talked offline a bit as well, and he just was kind of double-checking certain things with me. And he's like, wait, did I did I get this right? They spent you know, under an hour at, at the, the scene of the accident. And I'm like, oh yeah, you got it right. But yeah, as someone who was in the FBI for most of his adult life, he does fully believe that if we keep going with this case, we will crack it wide open, which was really um encouraging, I guess. He just kept saying, you know, you got to stick with it, stick with it. And he shares something with me towards the end of the interview in in his experience, something that, you know, happened to him working on a case that was really, really promising. So here is retired FBI agent Ken Strange. In your opinion, Ken, as, you know, FBI, what could be the possible reasons that Tennessee is not touching this? You know, I'm, I'm actually uh, stunned that, that they are not uh, uh, touching this. But uh, first of all, uh, thank you, Lauren, for having me on. Uh, this, is a, this is quite the tragedy, and um, I, I just can't figure out. I mean, there seem to be so many red flags uh, surrounding this case um, coming from, you know, the uh, father and from the uh, law enforcement agencies, the police department, that it just makes no sense. I am perplexed. Yeah, you and and everyone else. And so something we discussed on last week's episode was that 
the FBI actually did get involved. But what they did was they sent the Franklin Police Department to do a check on Angie and Gracie. And um, what they came back with, they they just wrote a report up for the FBI and they said, oh, nothing to see here. We're, we're all good. And now I don't know if the FBI took that seriously or they're going to look into it further. But it was pretty frustrating for us because Angie did get her hands on this paper. And I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think? Do you think the FBI will, will buy that from the Franklin police or will they see through this deception? Well, I hope they see through uh, what, what I think it would have to be a deception. Uh, again, this, this, all the elements of this case just scream at me uh, that something is is not right in Denmark, uh, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it, it, you know there's there's something going on possibly with the police department as well. So I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure it out, and I hope I hope with time we get more answers. Yeah, I mean, I I mentioned to you today, Eric Bland and Mandy Matney and Liz Farrell featured Grant's case on the Cup of Justice podcast, which is going to be huge for us. And I am so excited. It's just, it's kind of crazy that, you know, for people to take it seriously, you have to get, um, you know, some real publicity to it, even though it's not right, but that's kind of what happens, you know? (laughs) Right, right. Well, you know, I think, uh, Lauren, that uh, if... If enough people are out there clamoring for another look, mm. um, and, and because, you know, as I, I mentioned, I think there is a cloud just hovering over the uh, police department at, at this point, uh, and they're, they're, in, they're in jeopardy of losing uh, their credibility. So right. uh, I, think it, I think it behooves them to take another crack at it. I know that uh, they could do that if they have an aggressive uh, district attorney. Um, you know, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation could reopen it if, if, if they wanted to. Uh, of course, you know, they can always invite the FBI back again for, yeah. for a second look. Uh, that's, that's not uncommon. Right. But, uh, because, look, this has all the earmarks, earmarks of a cover-up and, um, and, and maybe something worse. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think is the best course of action for the Gallatin PD at this point? Because... You know, they've obviously this happened in 2020. They've been getting calls for three years now. I've been hung up on by the assistant chief police. Um, I've left messages for Chief Don Bandy. They haven't been returned. My understanding is that they will just look silly if if they reopen this case and say, oh, oopsies, you know, we didn't investigate it properly. But how are they going to look if, you know, their hand is forced? You know, what if they uh, turn to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation and say, uh, you know, we're, we're inviting you to come in as kind of a uh, kind of a, another pair of eyes to take take another go at this? Um, you know, that that's that's possible, and mm. uh, you know that, that that is what should be done. I think. Okay, so they should potentially call in the Tennessee Bureau of Investigations to say, "Hey, you guys deal with it. That way, we don't look as bad." Do you think? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they come okay. up with the same results, then, you know, then they could come back and say, hey, look, we, we did our best. You know, we did our due diligence and then we, you know, invited the, uh, you know, Tennessee Bureau in and they did their due diligence. So, you know, we may never know what happened between the father and the son, you know, that that way they could possibly walk away with that. Right, right. And And just getting back to some of the poor police work. I mean, I don't know how this works on on the scene, right? But Aaron Solomon, when he called 911, he mentioned three men. And when yes. the police got on the scene, there wasn't three men there. And they never even thought to find them. What? Why? I mean, it's just, 
it's crazy. Like as a police officer, what would go through your head just to say, oh, no, they're not here. It's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, th- this goes to the credibility of the uh, of the person reporting the crime, in this case, the father. So, mm. you, you know, when I heard that uh, 911 call, uh, I-, I came away feeling um, terrible just because, you know, here was a guy who, um, you know, trying to put myself in his his position. Mm. You know, I would be frantic. Uh, I'd be I'd be panicked, uh, frantic as hell. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But, you know, this has happened to my son, yet uh, his, his, you know, he would cycle from emotional to robotic and back and forth. And, um, it, it just, it just left me uh, stunned. I, w- I was actually stunned. Wow. Uh, and then, and then in addition to that, you know, he's, he's not actually from what I've heard and read, he's not at the site. He's not there with his son kind of holding his hand or looking under the trunk or trying to comfort him. He's at a distance, maybe up the hill or, or away from the sun makes no sense. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, you're right. And then let's add on some layers to that. Uh, it was very well known. It was public that the Solomons had been in a custody battle for 10 years and Grant had, and Gracie. Yeah. Both said to a judge, we don't want to live with our dad. We're scared of him. And that was not even I, I, go ahead. I mean, no, I, I, again, I'm, I'm studying the case and it's a, it's yeah. a toxic relationship between the father you know, his, his wife and the kids mm-hmm. and, and it gets worse with the daughter. I, I you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have time to go way down that, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that direction, but, uh, it, it's, it's not good. It, it just, um, so, and, and even, you know, when the, uh, attorney general, uh, came on, I saw a YouTube clip where he addressed the investigation. I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, that was the governor. Yeah. Okay. Governor um, Bill Lee. And, and, yes. Okay, and and he said, um, you know, I'm, I'm satisfied that it was thoroughly investigated, and I'm thinking, say what? <laughs> and, and then he and then he said something curious. He said, um, we may never know what happened between the father and the son. Wow, that was not encouraging at all when, when I heard that. Oh, I think you're okay. Sorry, you're talking about a different clip. Sorry, I was I was thinking the one I played last week, the Governor Billy. Maybe you're, you're Scrimetti. Are you talking about Jonathan yes, Scrimetti? Scrimetti. Scrimetti? Okay, that's, yes, that's yes. Fella. Sorry about that. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. What? Yes, like eerie, so eerie, eerie, oh, eerie. My gosh. eerie. Mm-hmm. And then you point out a number of things. And again, I'm going back to the the father. Mm-hmm. You know his character, his behavior 
is very odd. You know, you mentioned the eulogy. Uh, that is bizarre. I'm listening, thinking this guy is, he's not paying attention to his, his deceased son. Uh, almost like, I don't care. But boy, I met this other man who has really turned his life around. And what? Uh, I, I don't get it. It's, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. You bring up a good point. I don't, it's funny. We've analyzed this eulogy a lot with obviously with Tanya Ryman, the body language expert. And it's funny. We didn't actually put it the way you just did. He's kind of like, oh yeah, my son, but wow, this guy found God. Like that is very, very weird. Very weird. Um, and Ken, going back to Skirmetti, he actually, um, had a Freudian slip in an email that Angie Solomon has where he is, Speaking to someone, I forget who exactly, but he calls Grant's death a homicide. He does. So Freudian slip. Yeah. But however, it's an accident. (laughs) Yeah. To everyone else. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, uh, again, if if there are enough people, enough citizens clamoring to reopen it and, you know, you just have to keep going and going until that's done. Uh, And, you know, in the mean in the meantime, you know, these things work. Uh, Someone says something to somebody. Um, you know, this person uh, confessed to me, had a few drinks, confessed to me or made this comment. And, uh, you know, this really happened. You know, that can happen. And, you know, that's not uncommon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a $20,000 reward, uh, for anybody who comes forward that, yeah, with information that leads to an arrest or conviction. Um, so I did want to go back to the DA really quickly. You said if there's a strong push for the DA to reopen the case that, Sorry, uh, that could be, you know, something that's very helpful. Well, the DA um, won't really recognize that this case is serious uh, or that oh. it's mysterious. No, he won't at all. And I put oh. some pieces together here. Well, so I know this because and I don't think I've said this out loud on the podcast, but somebody uh, from the Freedom for Gracie movement, they called him and said they were from Nancy Grace or something like that. And got him on the phone because, yeah, nobody will talk to us. So um, apparently he said to her, I, this is just unfathomable that a father could do this to his son. Okay. Like number one. Yeah. Why are you doing this job? If you don't think that a father could do this to a son, like this happens all the time. Uh, Yeah. Number two, it was almost like, oh, bless your heart. It was like, he was kind of messing with her. Yeah. So he has, this guy has been unhelpful and he will never reopen this case on his own ever. So, yeah, yeah. I I don't, I don't know the back, the the backstory, but, um, you know, I did, uh, you know, in studying this and and probing, uh, uh, no autopsy was done. Is that my understanding? There was no autopsy. No autopsy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I did some digging into this, uh, previously, and I'm sure some of the listeners are kind of sick of me saying this, but I was just floored because the state of Tennessee is very loose on its autopsy um, requirements, basically. So technically, yeah. this, he should have had an autopsy based on what happened on the scene, based on his cause of death being blunt force trauma. Yeah, but him rolling down, like 100%, it screams autopsy, but... Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the DA has to push for the autopsy or the doctors. And they just said it was Dr. Ray Pinkston. He said, no problem. Doesn't need an autopsy. Yeah. Oh, my so, goodness. 
Um, yeah, yeah. It's so legally okay. that really won't hold any anything in court, I don't think. Um, right. but yeah, right. to, to you and I, it's it's absolutely crazy. Um but yeah, is there any accumulation of things are very strange things. It's just an accumulation of things that don't make sense that are mm. uh, bizarre, strange, and all of the above. Um, just a question about reenactment of, of this situation. Was there, was that done? Do you know? Uh, I've been trying to find out. I do know. And Gallatin PD had a, a reconstruction, an accident reconstruction team in house. They are a large police department. Okay. Gallatin. They had one in house, did not even bother with it. Didn't even bother. Nope. It's negligence. That is, that is negligence. I'm I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, this screams, uh, not done well, not done well. Oh boy. No, uh, (laughs) you know, there's something, there's something, something has happened here and it needs to be real. The case needs to be reopened. Simple Mm -hmm. as that. Guys, you heard it. FBI saying the case needs to be reopened. A retired FBI. I mean, it's like, come on. If all of these experts that we've had on this show are screaming. And listen, I'm excited. I'm actually, for the first time in weeks, I actually have hope. Last week, I was defeated knowing that, you know, the Franklin Franklin police did this and sort of sent the FBI like a a kind of a brush off saying, Oh no, nothing's here. And then today waking up and seeing that, you know, Mandy Matney covered this story. I'm, I have so much hope, but is there anything in your experience that um, you've dealt with like similar to this where, you know, it it came out with like a happy ending or as happy as it could possibly be? (laughs) Um, Not, not exactly this, this, this case I'm doing a, uh, a missing person's case. My neighbor actually, New York. I think I, I may have mentioned it to you briefly. She disappeared in Ireland in um, 1993, along with six other women. They all vanished and no trace. Wow. So, uh, you know, I went I went back to I went to Dublin for the first time to retrace uh, my neighbor's steps. Uh, this was about two years ago. Sat down with the police and we went back and forth. And, you know, they were courteous to me and they showed me professional courtesy. Plus, I'm a friend of the yeah. family. Uh, and yeah. I had some to deliver, right? But uh, we got to talking, and um, you know, we we started to focus on, uh, on different things. You know, we kind of uh, kind of hashed things out, and maybe we were looking in the wrong places, and maybe we should go back to the beginning. And sure enough, wouldn't you know it, something popped up back from the beginning. So uh, the case oh. was suddenly went from a missing person's case after 30 years to a murder case. You know, I'm not, wow. I'm just saying never give up and, and just keep pushing, you know, never stop. Oh my gosh. Never You're going to make me cry. That's actually like chilling. That's so amazing though. You, you said go back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. Yes. Start over, you know, okay. take a look at everything. All the people you interviewed in the beginning, okay. even if they had tight alibis, interview them again or give it to another detective or another police officer to examine those initial inquiries and statements. So I think uh, this would be applicable in this case as well. Wow. That's, that's really, really um, promising and hopeful. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I really wish you the best of luck with that case. That seems so crazy. Oh my goodness. After 30 years. (laughs) And, yeah, the yeah. family. It took it took a toll on the family, and uh, it was. It's been tough on a lot. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I, I sometimes say, I don't even know how Angie Solomon wakes up every day. Just, I mean, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. Right. Like what imagine. she's been through and, and everyone just making her feel like she's, she's the crazy one. That's what gets me the most where it's like, you're trapped in a movie, yeah. right? You're like, no, no, yeah. I'm not the crazy yeah. one. Yeah. And, and you look at him, you look at the father. I mean, he's kind of classic controlling, um, possibly narcissist. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just one thing after another, which says to me, red flag, red flag, red flag. Let's reopen this. Seriously, reopen it. Yeah, I agree 100%. And um, you nailed it. You're like the eighth person that's, you know, not a doctor that said narcissist, narcissist. Um, but Ken, is there is there anything that you you want to add to this, or or that you think that listeners should know, um, you know, when looking into this case, or just listening to the podcast? You know, it's people like you uh, that actually can keep these type of cases that are, um, um, you know, controversial alive. Mm-hmm. And so, my, you know, and again, my experience is, don't give up, keep. Keep probing, keep asking questions. Eventually, something will break. Something will happen, uh, whether it's obtaining some evidence or testimony, or somebody comes out of the uh, woodwork and says, "Yes, I have to get this off my chest. I have to talk to you." And this, this is this can happen. It does happen. That's so helpful. So, Thank so you. Keep it, keep, it, keep it going. Keep it going. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep it fight. Stay in the fight. We are, we will stay in the fight. And this is, this is, it's just been, yeah, such a a great day so far. So, and this just adds to it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Ken Strange. And yeah, I really appreciate you. You are, um, you're wonderful. So thanks again. Thanks for having me. Wonderful day. Okay. That was retired FBI DOJ agent and author Ken Strange. I really enjoyed talking with him just because he did give me hope and it made me feel somewhat happy to know that everything that everyone is doing could potentially pay off. Grant, you know, can never come back uh, to us, but, you know, we could essentially get, get justice and Angie and Gracie might be able to sleep a little bit better at night. So uh, next week, it is July 4th week. I have some interviews lined up, but I don't think I will uh, be putting out a new episode. There's a, there's a small chance that I will, but most likely you will get a new episode the week after. So I hope everyone has a great July 4th week, weekend, whatever. And thank you again for listening to the Corruption Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.